1: I don't ask anybody's
0: question but yours. I'm an idiot. And really, I'm
2: really a disloyal person. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Disloyal Idiots, a Syracuse Orange podcast. A member of the FFSN, FF. SN. There we go. Network. The Fans First Sports Network. Uh, With you as always, Steve Halley. Joining me as always, Christian Guzman and Andy Prigler. What's going on, guys?
0: How crazy would it be if Jim Beheim was also a disloyal idiot? Hmm. Well, that might be happening soon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: man. There is just a lot happening right now in the world of college sports. Uh, And... It means that we don't have to necessarily talk about the fact that Yukon is in the in the title game. Like,
0: I right? mean, the the less we talk about that, the less it becomes true.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it's one of those things where if we just ignore it, it's not happening, right? Like that's that's how this works. Yeah, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. great, love it.
1: Um, I, I thought the season note, ended
2: a couple weeks ago, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, you know what? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. What, uh, what? What games are actually taking place now? There are none. Exactly. We, there's nothing to worry about.
2: Yep. We're in full-blown lacrosse season.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the title of this podcast is the moment that you all went, oh, no, oh, no, please get them back. They've gone off the deep end. Uh, <laughs> uh, VAR in Wait, lacrosse. Hold, hold on.
2: This is the moment... <laughs> Yeah, like, we've had party of with uh, The last year of podcast wasn't enough? You know, yeah,
1: actually, I, I, I misspoke. I, I misspoke there. Uh, the the uh, Syracuse men's lacrosse program did not have a very good weekend, and Christian is going to explain to us a lot of what happened uh, as to how we got there. But what you really need to know is that at one point in time, uh, the Syracuse Orange lacrosse team was tied up with Notre Dame, and they ended up losing to Notre Dame by multiple
0: goals. Uh, Christian, tell me why we're sad. They weren't just tied with Notre Dame, who, by the way, is ranked number three in the country. Mm-hmm. They were leading Notre Dame, and that was in the fourth quarter, specifically leading by by one goal, twelve to eleven. With 12:14 to go in the fourth quarter, that's when Finn Thompson took a shot on goal, and it appeared to cross the goal line, but the goal was called off because, for a weird rule in lacrosse, where the ball has to cross the goal line, not in a stick, in order for it to count. Which means if the ball's in the goalie's stick, and the ball crosses the goal line, it's not a goal. Which appears to be what the rule happened to be here. Dumb rule. Yes.
2: <laughs> Eight
0: seconds later, Notre Dame started a nine-nothing run, and that was that. Yeah. And so we're sad. The uh, one, first of all, dumb rule. Second of all, there's not. Um, I don't know if there's no, like, no negative. No video review in lacrosse. I think there's like some in very, very specific cases, but there, there's no like video review to the level that has expanded to in you know, like football and basketball per se. Right. so yeah, this would have been nice to have just to you know contest it because going up two against Notre Dame instead of being tied would have felt a lot better. Because you felt like that goal kind of took a lot out of Syracuse, who was down by six at one point, and then on the strength of their man-up unit, which you know we've talked we talked about at the early beginning of the season, on the strength of their man-up unit, they clawed back into the game, which was really really good. And then the fourth quarter happened, and then the uh, the face-off decided to not be won, and you know. then. And then the you know defense stopped defensing.
2: Yeah, and yeah. the – I don't know. It's, a, the, so it's, so many it's good rules. that
0: you can get up to the point where you're leading. It's bad when you don't touch the ball. and You don't have your offensive players touch the ball for seven straight goals yeah, by the opposing team.
2: I, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that lacrosse, if you have a good okay. face-off guy, is effectively make it, take it. Like you're you're yep. back playing pickup basketball. Yeah. And it makes no sense. But I it's don't a thing. love it. <laughs> um and apparently it, you know, didn't work out yeah, all if, that well. And well, that and a combination <laughs> of other things.
0: Yeah, if you look at the box score from twelve fourteen, which is when Thompson's shot was saved by Intimidy, and in the, in the whole did it cross the goal line or not whatever play to in game time, so nearly seven minutes of game time. Syracuse did not touch the ball. Against the number team three in the country with two Kavanaugh's on the team, you don't win that game.
2: No, no, that's not good. I'm not a doctor, but that's not good.
1: Something tells me, um, yeah, Uh, just yeah. It's it's really frustrating because obviously we're still really young or we're still really new in the Gary Gate era. But man, it feels like ever, even though, you know, things were not great before he took over, hence how he is now in, in the, you know, big seat in charge. It's not exactly as if things have like righted and turned around under him. But it's also not necessarily because of anything that he's done. There's just been a lot of these kinds of ridiculous, bad breaks that seem to just be compounded over and over again.
0: Yeah, and I think we – I think most of us could have figured out that Gate was going to be an offensive coach more so than a defensive coach. No. So (laughs) – and he still has, part, you know, Pat March is still on the, you know, on his coaching staff. So, And even when Desko was in his, his last years, Pat March was seen as, like, you know, the bright spot on his staff. So, like, that, that is still carrying over. Unfortunately, the Petromala hire is starting to become not great. Next year is going to be a big deciding year, probably. Because if the defense doesn't take a big step forward there, then you got to start asking serious questions there's almost I don't know how being only limited with so much lacrosse knowledge. I don't know how you coach Fogos, but like yeah, something needs to be done
2: yeah whatever whatever you need to do to coach them, it needs yeah. to be done now because it's it's imperative against these uh, anybody else in the country that's at the top of it you're immediately at a disadvantage. Yep. Yeah. And as long as they're not on a team like Vermont, you're going to be playing from behind the eight ball.
0: And especially when you have a defense at the strength that it is now. Yep. Like, you can't be affording to give up that many possessions.
2: Yeah. Well, you you know what happened on the flip side of the coin? Just after that game, in the Dome?
0: Emma Ward had 10 points.
2: Yeah, yeah. good things happen on the women's lacrosse side. Uh, they are continuing. So the men have gotten into their stupid stretch. The women, I believe this was the last game before their stupid stretch. Or they may have one more cupcake.
0: They have, again, the women, uh, like, yes, they have one, they have one more. And, uh, and this
2: is, you know, have, I'm referring have, to cupcakes as and in, like, they just played Virginia, who was number 11 in the country, and ran yeah. them off the uh-huh. floor court field
0: and it's really unkind to call this a cupcake for their next opponent because it's Clemson who's in their first year as a varsity program
2: oh oh, that's not gonna be good
0: <laughs> there is an equalizing factor what's that Steve how cold is it gonna be next weekend
2: oh I don't know is it supposed to be very not warm
0: well the game is gonna be played at CNS oh, oh
2: why yeah, about that
0: i'm assuming because you know it's first week of april early april there may be trucks at the dome
2: mm, yep probably uh, some monster jamming you would think the guy with the five year old would know this but he doesn't like loud things so here we are but
1: yeah well, the 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 trucks that be monster in uh already are, are theoretically coming in and the cns game is taking place uh wow this is gonna be this is this could be
0: chaotic i'm kind of here for it um i mean the last time there was a syracuse lacrosse event at cns it, it was a pretty chaotic affair
1: yeah which is i feel like those cns games are not there to be um normal uh, is, 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 no, that, what, is that too what, harsh? What what gave, what gave you that impression?
2: Spectacle, <laughs> I believe. Spectacle. But either way, um yeah, the the women
0: Yeah, yeah, trucks trucks are trunks are trucks are at the dome oh, on that'll Saturday. Do well
2: that explains it. Um And I do, um,
0: and and as good as the dome changer over crew is, I don't think uh I don't think uh three hours is a quick enough changeover time to transform the facility into from lacrosse field into a monster jam facility
2: can confirm no there's a lot more dirt <laughs> than that to bring up um but yeah uh, i don't think we even set a score the women did beat number 11 virginia 21 to 9 um as christian yeah. mentioned emma ward had a day which is a recurring theme um the. So especially how much
0: they missed her last year
2: yeah and, you know, they, they keep on chugging along and are, at this point, you know, number one in the country and rolling with a tune-up against Clemson and then the stupid stretch, which is North Carolina and then B.C. So, uh, one, or I guess other things of note on the women's side, Delaney Schweitzer is now officially on the Twarton uh, watch list and also the all-face black watch list. Uh, and then... yeah. Uh, more, I mean, but that's
0: every lacrosse player in the world.
2: Very true. Uh, the uh, what was? It? Oh, the injury bug, because we can't have a week without a lacrosse injury. Um, apparently, uh, Bianca Shavari is out for the season with a lower body injury. So, not uh, you know, hit to the defense, but at the same time, if they can keep offensing like they're offensing, what's a defense?
0: You know how NFL owners are like changing like. Uh, like special teams rules in order to like you know reportedly like lower injuries Yeah, there was a report that came out that was like you know a lot of those injuries on special teams could be drastically cut if you know the stadiums that they were playing on were grass instead of turf
2: mm-hmm. that'd make too much sense
0: I mean how much are like those Premier League like you know grass growing lights that they have
2: you think you can throw them in the dome
0: Probably. I mean, there's enough s- space downstairs.
2: Yeah, there you
0: go.
2: <laughs> you know, well, you know, oh, they they can man. move the uh, the um, scoreboard thing up and down. When I just yeah. put everything on the roof and then just yeah. drop it all the way down.
0: Hey, extra lighting. Maybe yeah. TV crews will have better times lighting it up.
1: <laughs> Crazy. I'm, I'm just imagining Pete Sala's annoyance at having to, uh, you know, having to wheel out and put together... The turf, or the the turf grass. Every time that there's a uh, you know an event that takes place on the full field, and then having to like put it put away half of it when it's uh, a basketball game, or they have to put down the pallets for something, um, which is just very funny to me. But anyways, uh, that's mostly just because if you know Pete Salo, you know how much he'd probably loathe yet love that weird ass challenge of trying to manage all those things together (laughs)
0: yep (laughs) oh yeah
1: um
2: so where do we head next
1: well so that's the thing this is like the quote unquote part of lacrosse season but there are still things happening with the other uh SU sports that I feel like we should talk about and with our namesake, let's start with all things James Arthur Beheim. for those that might not have seen, because I literally just saw it um, maybe <laughs> 20 minutes ago, and it looks <laughs> like it was just tweeted out at yeah, 738. The interview <laughs> no. was like
2: 20 minutes ago. That also explains Sweet. why I had no idea what Christian was talking about at the beginning of the program.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so Jim Beheim basically said that he is not going to be attending games. Oh, he didn't basically um, say
2: that. He literally said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> "Quote: I will not be going to games. <laughs> <laughs> so part
0: two of the quote is the great part.
1: Yeah. Well, I may even join the media. Um, you know, sometimes he just needs to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> not if he joins the media. Not if he joins the media. Maybe we can get him to join the Disloyal Idiots podcast, and he can uh, he can talk about <laughs> what it's <laughs> like to be a disloyal idiot."
0: That'd be the biggest coup de in the entire world.
2: He he has showed up on this uh, this program before, in a different form. John Casillo himself interviewed him. Uh, oh yeah, I on the old video that. podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. So mm. so we have had Jim Beheim as a guest. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These uh,
1: there's there's just a lot that goes on with um. Whenever Jim Beheim speaks, everyone's going to listen. And that's probably a good thing, because I don't think he should just be able to say whatever he wants without any consequences. Um, that worked, being said, for him man, this well, he is he just likes to troll, man. That, that And you can't say that that guy doesn't know what he's doing, because he is just an expert uh, level troll. And it is something else. <sighs>
2: yep. So Jim is going to be Jim and, uh, apparently will not be going to Syracuse games, which is just weird to think about that. He's not even going to be in the dome now is, does, is he doing this just because he's Jim and that's what he feels like saying today? Or like, is this a, uh, you know, respect thing for Autry and the rest of the coaches of not having the shadow over the program for him or what?
1: I think there's a couple of different ways that you could theoretically look at it. Um, But yeah, it's really hard not to look at this and go. um, This is a little bit of Jim expressing his butt hurtness. Uh, The other factor of it is also, though, from a more empathetic standpoint, I think that there's a legitimate part of him that would have a hard time being in the dome, you know, that first time. And I think that it's fair to look at him and say, like, you know what? It's okay if you just can't emotionally be there in the dome, you know, in this in this building where you literally your name is on the court. Um, But it is it does feel a bit odd. All things considered, just knowing that he is it's not like he's retired. He's a university employee.
2: (laughs) True. We are the the university is still paying him money oh man well that is a thing I guess along those lines do do we want to uh continue on the jim beheim route not in the sense of anything he's doing but in what he's not doing because him leaving seems to have had a drastically different uh imprint on what this team is going to look like next year it seems like
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way to kind of segue into that conversation. Um, But before we get there, we should be talking about some things that might be looking different in your wardrobe once you've gone to Home Field Apparel and bought all of their fun T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, joggers, whatever it may be that is, uh, you know, soft, comfy, vintage as Steve and I both sit here rocking two various different types of Home Field apparel shirts. Steve with the limited edition, now sold out, uh, Cuse Ringer Tee, and myself with the standby, I think this is the best-selling Home Field shirt of all time, which is the Tulane Angry Wave T-shirt. So we're at two very different ends of the spectrum here, but I kind of love it.
2: I'm not going to lie, I literally almost wore Wavy. And I can't tell if I wish I had or I'm glad I didn't.
1: You're glad you didn't. Um, You and me matching, it would be both very comical and proof that this is actually a Tulane podcast and not a Syracuse podcast.
2: True. As it was written back in the day.
1: Yeah, there are some rules that we that we can just never change. Um, But make sure you head over to Home Field Apparel. Check out all of their uh, really awesome, uh, uh, you know, apparel that they have. And if you are happening to be someone with a vested interest in either the women's national title uh, game, which, you know, congratulations to LSU, or you are somebody who is potentially vested in San Diego State or um, uh, the other school that shall not be named, uh, it does turn out that Homefield Apparel has both of those schools in their cl- uh, proverbial closet. So... Go to home field, enjoy the tournament, have a great time. Now we can talk about the things that have been going on this week with Syracuse basketball. Christian, uh, two players have been officially confirmed back to Syracuse um, in some capacity. I'm interested in your thoughts on both of these players, um, specifically the uh, the. The impact it has on the roster building, because there is some impacts.
0: Yeah, so the two players, are Benny Williams and Chris Bell, both announced that they'll be both back with the Orange program this year. And no matter what, I think it's good because you at least have some stability. And whenever you go through a coaching change, there's always, um, no matter what, if it's a new coach coming in from a different program, or, you know, like this, a and entire internal coach, you know, taking the reins. You still want some stability amongst your roster um, to, like, make the transition a little bit easier. And I think at least Benny and Chris staying give that stability that at least can at least make the transition for Adrian Autry a little bit easier. Um, roster building-wise, it gets interesting. Um, a little bit... It it becomes also interesting and confusing. Because while you know Benny Williams is going to stay in the forward position, the question is, what do you do with Chris Bell? Do you keep him more as a forward? Or do you have him work on more guard abilities? And also, what kind of lineup do you want to play? Because we've talked about this a lot about the... uh, on the podcast last couple of weeks, the way that Syracuse is built right now, especially like with their roster makeup last year, there were far more guards than there were forwards, but more guards needed to play forward positions just out of necessity. I.E. Chris Bell, Justin Taylor, and Kadir Copeland, who all three of those guys were guards and could easily be seen as guards, but had to play forward. Um, because of just how Syracuse was made. Yep. But with Autry coming in, the state of college basketball as it is now, there is a lot of there's a lot of positionless basketball played. So it, there there's ways for you know Chris Bell to have an impact with him not necessarily being a forward per se or a guard per se. It so it becomes a question about how they want to use him. If they want to use him as more as a shooter, then obviously he profiles more as a guard. So you've got to find more depth in your front court. And if you want to use him more as a front court, well, you gotta really work on his uh, on his rebounding and his defense because those were clear weaknesses of his game last year um, because to get to the end point of Andy's question, how Syracuse attacks the portal is going to be very, very dependent on how they decide to use, especially those three players—Bell, Taylor, and Copeland. Assuming Taylor and Copeland are coming back, which this late in the uh, transfer portal saga, maybe we'll, we'll know more next week with the conclusion of the NCAA tournament. Um, we should probably have a more definitive knowledge of whether those other two, Taylor and Copeland, will definitely be back or not. But how you decide to use those three guys is how they decide who they're going to go after in the transfer portal. And you'll start to see clearly what direction they've gone with those three guys by based on which recruits they go after in the portal.
2: Yeah, and I'm, I don't know, I'm almost wondering and of the ilk of do you go and get who you can in the portal and then flip them around to wherever they need to be? Cause right now you've got Starling coming in. You've lost okay. Cy, you've lost Gerard, and you've lost likely lost Mince. Um, at that point we have no backcourt compared to last year. So you brought in Starling and then you have a lot of open minutes there at the guards, especially if we're running man and we're not going to want to run them out for 40 minutes a game in the Jim Beheim sense. So, how how they or who they can attract from the transfer portal may predicate how these guys are used, even especially with the flexibility they've shown they can have. Yeah, and, so,
0: and an, an important thing also is that in that interview, Beheim did with Field of sixty eight. Um, obviously, we haven't gotten a chance to listen through it all the way because they're to be released. Minutes before right. we started our recording. Um, but, you know, it's been showing up on Twitter, like some of the sound clips other people are pulling out. Um, Anthony Dabundo uh, pointed out that uh, Bayarm says Autry is working on man-to-man. So it looks like that's the direction that defense is headed. Yeah. Which allows you to play more positionless position basketball.
2: Well, and it also brings... Uh, I don't want to say it brings the program back to something around the turn of the century in the sense that, yeah, they play man as a defense and then also switch it up like that. It's not like these guys are going to forget how to play zone.
0: I thought you were going to say back to reality.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thought about it, went a couple different directions, ended up on century. Um, so we're going to go back in time as yep. Huey up, Lewis. There goes said. gravity. <laughs> oh God. I, oh. You know how hard it was for me to choke back finishing the rest of the quote. <laughs> um, so, yeah. As is
0: most of the people of our ge- our generation in ilk?
2: Yeah, you know, even with me being old. Uh, but the... Hey, you said it yourself this time. Okay, oh, yeah, 100%. that 100%. The... <laughs> Lean into it. Um, but yeah, the the ability to utilize that zone as a change of pace or a... Against a certain opponent type defense versus all the time, it makes it so you can recruit who you recruit and not rely on getting the, you know seven or six seven guy with a seven two wingspan uh, or otherwise your defense is shot. So I don't know, I think it opens things up. I'm not gonna complain that we're we're shifting in that direction. I am gonna have to shift my brain to not think everything in zone. Um, which every time I've looked at the roster or heard anything, I'm like, oh, yeah, he looks like a cell. Sal- oh, wait, no, never mind. Okay. How do we reassess <laughs> this?
1: <laughs>
2: so, so yeah. Um,
1: there's, there's like, uh, there's definitely going to be a reckoning coming, uh, in regards to. This this new look defense and and how things are are going to work with the with the orange and the zone moving forward. But I definitely think it's going to help do a lot of the things that it's really clear Autry can do right now, which is recruit a level of talent that we haven't really seen on the hill in a while. um, Consistently, at least. And it's also going to, I believe, and I really hope, uh, get us into a position where the Orange are a little bit more flexible with getting the best five guys onto the floor. Um, So I think this kind of goes into the conversation that the next, you know, the next addition subtraction conversation, there's... A lot, there's still one big name that we're all kind of sitting and waiting on. Is that pun, uh and that pun intended is... or no? <laughs> uh, pun was not intended, but it does actually work really well here. um We are waiting to see what happens with one Jesse Edwards. And Edwards is somebody who is so vital to the way that the Orange play, not just because. He's good, but because there was not a whole lot of offensive potential without Edwards, uh, to be kind. And I th- I think it's a situation where you could theoretically play without a center um, in, in this era of college basketball. I think that that's totally fine. But I do think that size is still relatively important and it is a bit of an issue when you're looking at what Syracuse is right now. Like they're just not a team that has a ton of size in the front court and rebounding and, and things that you attribute to size is something that they were really struggling with last year. So I bring up Jesse Edwards because um I'm I'm looking back to make sure I'm right here. Um there was uh Eric Devendorf on the Q Sports Talk uh radio show that he does uh said that Jesse is coming back. Uh we've reached out to Pete Moore and and have heard nothing back officially from Syracuse in regards to uh what's going on with Jesse Edwards if he's officially coming back or not. But it is definitely interesting to to see if Jesse comes back with this team um because as much as i do think that he's a really crucial part of what this team was he's definitely a very specific type of player if if that's like one if, yeah. if that's the way that i can say it
2: <laughs> no he is and he uh well I don't know. I was going to go down a, he's a very good, you know, zone defender, blah, 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 but he doesn't do this. Compared to anybody else on the roster, he's the best zone and man defender we have. Yeah. And the only offensive option we have. So if he doesn't come back, I think you're like you had said, small ball. And like Christian has suggested before, uh, going all Marek on people might be the only option we have.
0: Or just get Hunter Dickinson.
2: Well, that'd be nice, ah, too. Yeah,
0: that's where
1: I was going to go to next. <laughs> Christian, what's going on with Hunter Dickinson?
0: Hunter Dickinson's in a transfer portal. You've probably heard that name before. Michigan's best player.
2: His mom's from Buffalo. That seems fine.
1: Huh. I wonder, is Buffalo near any uh, major... Uh, uh, university that happens to play basketball at a high
0: level.
2: Hunter Dickinson hmm. to UB. <laughs>
0: God, there, there's another thing with Hunter Dickinson is that he's from Dematha and from Team Takeover AAU. Um, the thing about with Dematha is, if if you if you have deep interest in college basketball and just college sports in general, you probably know the name Dematha as a high-profile uh, athletic school, in high school in Maryland. And Syracuse has a lot of recruiting ties in Maryland. hmm That we do. Especially uh, with the latest we, hire.
2: We also have yes, recruiting uh, ties at DeMatha. I mean, we've had kids there, uh, notably Mr. Jeremy Grant that has come here. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, there's been, it's not the first time that we've, uh, we've recruited a Dematha kid if this somehow ends up working out.
1: Uh, you know, what is, uh, I was going to say Christian kind of hit on it too. Um, there's another guy with some Dematha ties coming to Syracuse. Uh, Christian, let's talk about. Uh, the new basketball coach at Syracuse. Uh, the staff is now officially rounded out as boo-boo-boo-boo. Um, I'm looking up his first name. I know his last name, but I don't know his first name. Brian? Brendan. Uh, Brendan. Bre- there we go. I didn't know his uh, first
2: name either, apparently.
1: <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that um, I feel very bad about forgetting, but it's just I this is this was always going to be a name that, that I'm terrible with names in general. Um, but yes, new basketball coach, Strau, uh, Strawn, Strawn. Uh, Probably Strawn, yeah. Strawn. It's like Strawn uh, coming to the G. S- <laughs> this is why I need a whiteboard with uh, pronunciations. Uh, still up there for the record. Uh, listen, that whiteboard needs to stay up there forever.
0: I'm surprised um, you didn't write that in Sharpie.
1: <laughs> uh Christian, talk to me about this new coach. Uh besides the Demathetiz, what's what's his deal and why are we excited?
0: So he's a um, um a he's Brennan Strawn is from George Washington. That's his that's where we're getting him from George Washington University. Um notably he has a lot of connections with uh, Adrian Autry. Like I said, Strawn was a coach at Team Takeover at AAU. You know, another one of those, you know, high profile AAU teams. Um, Autry was himself was an AAU assistant team takeover AAU assistant coach, not at the same time as Strawn. But, you know, program ties are there. Another thing that also helps is that Strawn, you know, may have may have recruited Autry's son to George Washington. And, you know, that's you know, just gloss over that fact. <laughs> the yeah. the thing that uh strong profiles really really highly as is a strong DMV recruiter. And that was basically Autry's um Autry's area when he was the head coach. So he essentially slots right into that area, which really, really helps. And Syracuse we all know that Syracuse has gotten plenty plenty of uh uh people from the DMV area. Um again like I said team takeover AAU Benny Williams, Judah Mintz, and Justin Taylor were both all part of Team Takeover. Um, huh. So. So you know there's a good pipeline there from Syracuse as well. From the AAU, from that AAU circuit. And, and and Hunter Dickinson, like I said, not only mom from Buffalo, um. He, was a Team Takeover AAU kid. And if the timelines are correct, he might have been there when Strawn was a coach a coach there. That's good
1: to know.
2: Um and would have been teammates with guys that are on the team, so that seems fine. Hmm. How interesting.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, Strawn uh The the takeover DMV stuff, I think, is probably the most important aspect of him. And I do actually really like um, the fact that Syracuse went out and got a young coach here. Um, I think that that's actually a really good idea for the Orange on a lot of different levels. uh, But mostly because uh, I think that SU is uh, with the basketball program, like, we know what Jerry uh, Mcmara is now as, like, the assistant coach. We know that there's... The staff has been together a while and ha- definitively feels comfortable together. Um, but we also know what the staff wasn't, and it was not necessarily recruiting at a super high level. How much of that was on Beheim or not remains to be seen. But going in and out and it, getting looks,
0: a, it looks like that uh, not a big deal.
1: Right. So you go out and you get a young recruiter to kind of come in here and uh, shake things up. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. Like in general, uh, this is this is probably a good mix in addition to the staff. So uh, overall, really excited about what's what's happening here with the basketball team. I think that they went they're going in a good direction. Um, in that regard and to kind of round out the conversation, um, per per our own, uh, Ben Siegel, uh, Adrian Autry saw a 2024 star, a 2024 four star player. Um, shocker. He plays with team takeover and he's from DC. Uh, it's Donnie Freeman. Uh, he's six, nine, uh, forward. And apparently, uh, has made it very obvious that Syracuse is his quote unquote dream school uh, and that he would like to uh, play at
2: Syracuse moving forward. That seems fine. We'll take him.
1: (laughs) You know, what's the, uh, it just, just seems like, oh man, so sad. I guess, I guess we could take it theoretically, you know, legitimate forward uh, here. Uh, if he really wants to come to Syracuse, not not the worst thing in the world when four stars actually want to come uh, and play play with you. I mean, oh.
0: someone to fill the shoes of Quincy Garrier and O'Shea set
2: Yeah, why not? Outside of the it leaver.
0: was it was fun when those two guys were on the team
2: outside of the leave too early thing.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely.
1: I uh, forgot about the whole leave too early thing. But but now I just got reminded of it. Uh, in other basketball news, there's a lot of news happening on the women's basketball front, which is um, not to be unexpected. Um, but there's just a lot of portal movement happening um, with the women's basketball program, and I don't think I don't think there's really a whole lot to take out of it, other than this is what happens uh, at the end of a season, uh, but. There's the good news, which is that starting forward, Dariana Lewis, uh, is going to enter the NBA draft of uh, the WNBA draft. Um, according to our, uh, Dominic Chiapone, uh, he, she is probably the only likely player that Syracuse has to declare for the WNBA draft. Um, the grad transfer ha- was, uh, averaging 9.8 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, um, it sounds like no matter what we were kind of expecting that that opportunity was going to end, um, but the other side of the door is that Nia Wilson announced that she is leaving the program, and the the Instagram post was not necessarily all you know butterflies or and cordialness. Um, there was a distinct call out that they would like to. She wants to find a coaching staff that quote wants to get to know me believes in me and will develop me on and off the court I want my next coaching staff to have confidence in me and show through their actions um so I think that again this is what's going to happen as a team is rebuilding and building or, and uh, building out a roster but I think it also signals that there might be some other names coming in to potentially bolster the squad and take away minutes. From a player like Nia Wilson, who was recruited in the old regime and is a very good player, um, but there might be other very good players coming in to compete for that for that slot, which would be very interesting to say the least. Anyway, that's the women's basketball yep. recruiting circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. we really are uh, season mode because <laughs> there, there's not a lot to talk about. <laughs>
1: No, but you know what there is that we can talk about? Because we named this podcast about VAR.
2: Miles Robinson uh, getting his first return cap?
0: Yeah. Soccer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone... Uh, That's always
0: Steve about the other thing that happened in soccer. Yeah. W- uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care that Man United lost today. That's just funny.
2: I can't tell. I never
0: thought I'd see the day where Man United was in a more stable place than Chelsea is.
2: Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, apparently. Let's just fire a manager for the heck of it every yeah. single time. Um, but uh, things that pertain to the orange, uh, Miles <laughs> Robinson has officially gotten his first uh, appearance back with the U.S. national team since his Achilles injury last year. He went the 90 in, uh, I believe it was the El Salvador match, uh, and you know looked very solid looked like the miles of old i don't there was nothing notable from him as to him being off the pace um some you know minor issues here or there but nothing nothing out of the ordinary uh was refreshing to see him uh get the start in the the one nil win um seeing he hadn't featured against granada so um We were I I think a lot of people were like, is this because something's up or is this because they're just arresting him for El Salvador? And lo and behold, they were arresting him for El Salvador and it worked out.
1: I'm I am very happy that Miles is back, not just because he's an orange, but because he's that USMNT backline could use a little bit of less Tim Reaming and Walker Zimmermanning and more of Miles Robinsoning.
0: Um, Steve, I think one of the things...
2: That- I don't know, a really, like-
0: really bad one. Miles is the only consistent option there.
2: Yeah, and that Tim Ream is easily our best center back right now at 34, or 35?
0: With Fulham.
2: Yes. Now, it does help that he plays week-in, week-out with Anthony Robinson. That is true. Yes. So, but either way...
0: And, and to be fair, Fulham have, you know, surprisingly done well.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're a, they're a mid table club, just like Chelsea.
0: Congratulations.
2: Yep. Looks congratulations.
0: like congratulations. Oh, I just realized what that lost Newcastle jumped United for third.
2: Mm-hmm. Which uh, is also weird mind. to see. But.
1: There's just so many good things happening right now. There's spring practice happening. Yes. Spring of football practice. Let's end it with the other football. Um obviously the spring practice under Dino Babers is a little bit of playing Cold War spy games. You get a certain allotted amount of time to see things. You gotta kinda make the most of the that time and make the inferences that you can. Um Steve, I'm I'm curious as to what your thoughts are, as it appears as if a lot of the time spent with the team publicly has been around, hey, this offensive line is not looking the best.
2: Yeah, I mean, I talked a lot about it last week and got more footage from Mike, and the same thing seems to be occurring on the right side. Uh, From what he said, Bleich is back uh, towards the end of this week. I didn't see anything with him back in, but can only imagine he looks better than what we've seen so i yeah, hope so yeah um so yeah the apparently the defense so after the first burst where the offense looked great and the defense looked like crap they put pads on and the defense looked a lot better go figure um the uh, apparently neither quarterback is uh jumping out at anyone that would be justin Lampson and uh, carlos del rio wilson as Garrett Trader is out with an undisclosed arm injury of some sort that he had surgery on um, the uh, yeah I don't know it it seems seems like the D is uh, putting up numbers whereas the offense is kind of stagnating um, so more to come I guess there's not a whole hell of a lot we're going to glean out of this we've got two weeks until the spring game three three weeks three weeks Um, and then we'll maybe get a little more at game speed from this, but right now we're all just kind of prognosticating and hoping and really hoping that the offensive line looks better.
1: Yeah. Uh, Christian, I think that knowing that the offensive line is not going to be, uh, up to our hopes and dreams, (laughs) uh, that puts a lot of pressure that puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback play and part, in particular, there's some thoughts around um, the, the quarterbacks that are getting to actually play right now um, because of the injury to Garrett Trader. The room is a little <laughs> bit more wide open and it's definitely creating some interesting footage and some in- interesting looks. I'm, I'm curious as to what your feelings have been on what Mike has been feeding us. Uh, and the other reports around the the quarterback room because knowing that the offensive line might be less than ideal really impacts, you know, your your our ideas of what what should be happening uh with with this offensive unit.
0: It's really tough because really it kind of makes a lot of this a mute point until we actually see what this line's going to look like with Trader. Yeah. Because Schrader's just such a drastically different quarterback than Lamson and Carlos Dorio Wilson. So God, it's it's tough to say. It, it both of them are more quote unquote traditional in a sense than Schrader is in a quarterback. dorio Wilson may be like a midpoint between Lampson and Schrader on the yeah. uh on the scale. Yeah. So, it's tough to really make a conclusion or, like, a whole sweeping statement about this, um, about the offense. If you want to talk about the quarterback specifically, that's hard as well, because what do they really look like against, I don't know, like, actually, you know, defense that has talent on it, especially, like, with the transfers that they brought in? Yes, yeah, as—, as it, especially like against the transfers against skill positions, like Lord knows what that looks like against the defensive line because it's we we know that the trenches are the weak point of this team on both sides of the ball, but like from what we've seen, both quarterbacks have had their fair share of troubles in the passing game. Yeah, which is not necessarily the best sign. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm a little worried um, on a lot of different fronts here, but I'm also cautiously optimistic in the sense that the quarterback room needed run, period. Like, I think Schrader really... I I mean, I think we've talked about it a lot on this show historically about how the quarterback recruiting has been mismanaged, um, and the end result was Garrett Schrader needing to come in and basically being the last thing that you really wanted which is too good to consistently bench but having enough weaknesses where you are consistently going to like well we should probably try to get better here um and i think getting the rest of the room these reps to potentially push him in a new way or at least figure out like what kind of body you need to bring in next is really important um from a development standpoint From an actual competitive standpoint, man, again, I've kind of said this a few times here, but if none of these guys was good enough to beat out, uh, you know, what Garrett Schrader is, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, But again, I think last year we saw a big improvement under Schrader in the first half of the season. Uh, With the new system, Beck is probably going to be keeping a lot of the holdover, um, a lot of the same systems, But it is going to kind of be intriguing to see if Schrader shows up after this injury as the guy that we saw in the first half of the season or the guy that we saw in the second half of the season. Because those were two completely different
0: quarterbacks.
2: And they may have had something to do with the offensive line.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that too. And I mean, the fact that it was a leg injury that really – change reader is also a weird thing, so we're going to have to, like, track that and see how much that really knocked him.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh. Oh, what, Steve? No, I mean, the fact that it's an arm injury this time instead of the leg is, uh, at least hopeful. All the above.
0: Yeah. So weird.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That's it's weird. it's weird when you want an an armor injury, injury for your quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. That's pretty weird. Here we, we are. Live. Syracuse football.
1: We live in weird times. Hey, uh gentlemen, as is always, uh to end this show, we do the what did Andy forget to talk about this week? Gentlemen, what did I forget to talk about this week?
0: Hey, yes, great questions, Andy.
2: I don't know.
1: I think you got it. No, it's the the off season makes this uh, makes yeah. it a lot easier to game to game plan. Shocker, a lot less going on, and uh, my normal week to week checked out self can actually uh, you know if, pretty much recap the there, week with yeah. a scroll of the news magician homepage.
0: If you guys are looking to celebrate, this Thursday will mark the official twentieth anniversary of the 03 Natty.
1: Yes, and there's a documentary about that available up on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah,
0: if you guys have been following along on my Twitter as well, I've been posting uh, recaps on the days of each of the tournament games,
2: mm-hmm. um, and they've been good.
0: So, yeah, thank you. So check that out at CT Diggers on Twitter. Love that. Well, with that, that ends yet
1: another edition of the Disloyal Idiots podcast, a fans first sports network, uh, or is it just fans first network? No, you, I forget. You, fans
0: you first sports network.
2: FFSN.
1: Yes, FFSN. We'll get it right. We'll, thanks, boss. We'll, we'll get the new one right eventually. Uh, part of our part of the new podcasting network that's spinning up. We're really proud to be here. Really excited to be here. Uh, make sh- sure that you like and subscribe uh, to this podcast on whatever your podcast player of choice is. It'll help us trick the AI into expanding the Ottoman Empire. Uh, head over to Twitter and give us a follow at disloyal underscore idiots uh, i haven't checked to see if we got an accidental blue check mark or not but don't worry we will not be paying the seven dollars a month to be verified we will get verified the way that everybody else does on the internet uh pure accidental chaos as this algorithm falls to pieces around us uh, the, make the open sure that if you are watching on twitch <laughs> exactly the orange algorithm will actually hack twitter's algorithm and become the main algorithm uh that is that is how this that is how skynet is born uh did you know that skynet is actually just jim Beheim personified as ai
0: not depressed
2: <laughs> i'm just uh, no. make sure
1: that you yes i broke steve i broke steve uh, make sure that you also head over to Twitch. Uh, check us out there, Disloyal Idiots. Uh, we will be live streaming our Sunday night podcast recordings there as always. We might also be doing some other things there. Who knows? Wait and see. Could be a lot of fun. Um, but it's a place that we are at as well. Uh, again, thanks to everybody for listening. We really do appreciate the support for Steve, for Christian, for everybody here who has been part of this podcast. Uh, go Orange. Go,
0: go Orange. Orange.